The Buffalo Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Monique Gordion, and the great news is you found the podcast, a space for stories that will arouse a smile and inspire us as we tap into our collective experiences. Enjoy. I have the pleasure of chatting with Jill today, who is a friend of a friend, and uh, she's in New South Wales. And so welcome, Jill, to the podcast. And I'm so excited to hear your story today. Thank you for having me, Monique. Um, well, I actually live in Northwestern Victoria. Oh, close sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hear that. Um, yeah, I live in this really beautiful little community in Northwestern Victoria called Rainbow. Mm. And uh, we've got some really big, amazing community projects happening. And a lot of these community projects have kind of stemmed from my heart and from my experience growing up. And so I just want to take this story kind of right back to the beginning of where I grew up and how these kind of organic processes started to unfold in my life. Um, but I wanted to, so every morning I get up and I have a little moment to myself where I read my daily mantras to okay. make a purpose. And I thought this one was really uh, actually perfect for the story that I'm telling you today, which is, you know, a, the story of my life, really. Mm -hmm. And so on March 26th, the uh, little saying, it said, what made her strong was despite the millions of things that hurt her, she only spoke of things but happiness. Oh. So, you know, and I think that's really the story that I'm telling today is like everyone, I've had this really um, tumultuous journey growing up. And, you know, I grew up in a really small town in northern Canada. Um, so, and I live in a really small town now, and I really love actually living in these really small communities. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, so I grew up in a small town and I came from a very large family. I've got nine kids in my family and oh. we had like one income in our family. So one parent working, my mom was always with the baby. And, you know, I was just always a different child. You know, I, um, I was very psychically in tuned. I could like, you know, just look at somebody and kind of understand their, their motives and their intentions. Or, you know, I would say, oh, look, I would say to my sister sometimes, you know, they're going to pull my name out of the draw. And she'd be like, how do you know that? And then sure enough, you know, so I was always just kind of very psychically in tune with like sensing danger and sensing when there was like uh, an eruption about to happen at home kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so I never really felt like I had this group of peers to fit into. I was always just kind of this like weird outcast kid. Um, and because we didn't really have much disposable income growing up, you know, and there was just lots of kids at home, it was like, I guess I learned to read kind of the pattern of the day and it was like, okay, dad's coming home, he's going to be burnt out and frustrated and mom's kind of at the end of her wits at the end of the day. So I'd always kind of gather my brothers and sisters and we'd go off walking into the forest. Um, and I remember, you know, not really ever having a place to vent kind of the, the deeper things that were going on in, in at home and the things I had to deal with, you know, like in terms of abuse issues and malnutrition. And, you know, um, I didn't really have a place to express those volatile emotions, mm. um, except for when I could just take off into the bush and go walking or you go fishing or something, you know, I was lucky that I even had that. Yeah. Um, so I wrote, 
I remember the day kind of everything changed for me is the day my brother came, my big brother came home with his first real mountain bike. Oh. And oh, my heart just went. I remember just looking at this big beefy bike and and you know it's called a downhill bike so they are a bit of a heavier frame and I remember going this is a monster of a bike and you know for me I only just had these like crappy Canadian tire bikes or Kmart bikes or whatever but you you use what you use like you know you don't get sure um so but I just remember having my mind completely blown and from that day forward, I was kind of completely hooked for the rest of my life. And it, I didn't know it then, but that mountain biking would be my tool that would actually heal my life in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that day forward, kind of me and my brother would go off after school into the forest, take a handful of brothers and sisters with us, and we would go out with a bag of nails and a saw and an axe. And, you know, we would just go go down to the river and we would start to make these beautiful little winding paths that like you know just one person wide and it would follow the river and then we'd build a bridge over it and ah, so wow you no know, for me that was I guess an introduction to I just really loved working with nature and being immersed mm. in it and I didn't really know what part that played in my life or how that would play out but I just knew like I love being in the woods mm. I love the peacefulness of it. I'm not bombarded by people's other people's energies out here, you know, I'm just peaceful. Um, And then, you know, so I, every day I rode my bike after that, every day I rode my, um, you know, cheapo bike around, (laughs) it's about 1.2 K. So every day I would ride it and every day I'd get a little bit faster and things would get a little bit easier. And I was like, it just was a way that I could get away from the chaos of what was happening at home and just kind of take my mind off everything. And it just, gave me this sense of like flow and freedom in myself that I never really experienced. Um, So from then I was kind of like every day it was just, it was a mental health thing for me to just get out on my bike, even if it was for five or 10 minutes a day, um, just so that I could cope with the pressure of life basically. Uh, And then when I got to high school, our, so I grew up in a small community. It was a small high school, you know, there was like max 250 students and that was from all the surrounding area. Um, and so at the, the high school, they, the, the first year I was there, they started up a mountain bike group and I was like, yeah, let's oh, do this. Oh, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny. We rocked up to kind of the first, the first practice or the first ride together. And, you know, there's probably like 10 guys and just little old Jillian flagging behind in the back. But I didn't care because, you know, for yeah. me, it was like, oh, you guys know trails that I don't like yeah. show me what you're working on. Um, and so it was really fun. You know, um, I really had a good time. And, it, you know, with all those older guys biking in front of me, it really forced me to like, mm. OK, got to keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, um, you know, when I was 15, my parents separated. Oh. And at that point, you know, it was actually so ridiculous because I had to be the messenger of bad news and tell my dad. Uh, you know, and I don't, I didn't really know how to cope with that. Like, how do you tell a man that his wife has left <laughs> with all the kids and she's not coming back, you know? And my dad was really angry at me for a long time. And I was like, look, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just... I'm just telling you what's happening because no 
someone else ha has the bravery to, I guess. So did you stay at home with your dad then? Or you were just, this was just intermediary before you left with your mum? Well, so the thing is, is I had taken a job with um, Parks Canada. So similar to like Parks Australia or Parks Victoria. Um, I had taken a summer job. So I had moved out of the house already. And, uh, you know, I was kind of just at work and my mum called in one day. <laughs> really? And by the way, I'm not coming back. And I'm like, okay, uh, you want me to that message are you sure um so you know wow. that was like the kind of the unraveling of everything and that was really this is really where it started to really hit home for me was that yeah. like i had to be this messenger with a burden like a really heavy burden you know um yeah that broke my heart because my dad was angry at me for a long time and i just i didn't know how to cope and yeah. so what I did is I took all my money from my summer job and I bought a mountain bike because I thought, well, I don't know how to deal with any of this. I don't. I just need to take my mind off all of it and get out in the forest for a while and just think about what's like process it, I guess, mm. you know? Great self-care. So, Great self-care, by the way. Yeah, I was like, well, if it's all going out the window, I might as well just throw all my money into a bike. <laughs> Sounds good though. You know, I guess something I realized is that when my mom told me that, I realized, well, she's got the young kids and she's the one that needs my support and my help to raise them because she's the one that's kind of like going off the rails right now, you know, and, and the kids are my primary focus. Mm. Um, so I knew that I was going to have to move to a city, which utterly broke my heart. Mm. And I knew I was going to have to look after, like, really have to help my mom and those kids. So um so after that summer my parents my mom moved to the city and i had all my stuff at work with me anyway so i you know made the voyage north and you know that was a huge transitional year for me because um i was going into year 11 at school um and i went from a school of 250 kids to a school of like you know we're talking six seven thousand oh crikey that's Incredible. Yeah, and I was walking in to get registered for school, and it was like, I you could not be, you could not stick out more than me, you know. Yeah. I was not a kid. I was like this hitchhiker, backpack hippie kid, like from the bush. Who is this weirdo? Mm. Um, so, and it's funny because I kind of got that name, the hitchhiker or the backpacker, and I was just like, whatever. This is just yeah. high school drama, word or fussed about it because I always knew that no matter where I was in life you know, life had bigger opportunities happening for me and that like, it was just high school drama was whatever. I wasn't interested. I was just like, I'm going places. I don't have time for this stuff. Wow. So, but you know, again, it came back to um, when I moved to that new school, I realized, okay, this is like an intense place to be. There's some intense kind of con conflicts happening in the people in the city and stuff. Uh, and I had enough chaos going on in my own life at that time. So again, the school had a mountain bike group and I was like, Kate, hey, I just need to get out and take my mind off stuff. And maybe these people can show me some spots around the city I can ride. Uh, and again, you know, I rocked up to practice and I was the first and only girl there. So I was like, okay, whatever, that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a bit of a tomboy growing up in a big family and, um, you know, fishing, hunting and all that stuff. So it didn't really bother me being surrounded mm -hmm. by 
dogs. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of cool because I guess one other girl seen that, hey, there's a girl on the writing team. So she joined along too. Ah. You know, the impact that that had on her was um, I've always, I guess I had a bit of a competitive edge because I had all this chaos going on in my life and I needed a place to take it out. And, um, you know, at the time I was a wrestler, uh, I was on the wrestling team. And so that was a very like uh, physically intense activity. And I, I felt that having like activities to burn away those kind of volatile emotions of like neglect and trauma and abuse and all this other stuff going on in my life. I just needed somewhere to like vent out this kind of energy of like, mm. I'm like coping here. Um, and so, you know, I remember at the first race, it was me and this other girl, there was only two girls and we were in a bit of a relay against all the other schools. And I remember giving her that like, come on, Allison, they're coming for you. They're right on your tail. And, you know, she said, you were one of the most influential people in my life uh, at that time. Because when I met her, she was just this really shy, timid little girl. And I think I brought out the more explosive side of her that, you know, and now this woman rides for the Canadian women's team. You know? Oh, really? Wow. Like, I remember the day you set me on fire. Like, I felt it. And she goes, I've never let that go. Um, so that was just like a really beautiful yeah. thing to, to know that I, I could impact somebody like that. Um, sure. So, you know, that was a really big thing for me was just understanding that I have the ability to impact people, but I'm not still quite not sure how this is all coming together, you know? Uh, okay. So then, you know, I moved to Australia 10 years ago, um, which is like so hard to believe. <laughs> and when I came here, I kind of just showed up with a backpack and my mountain bike and my skateboard. And I was just like, life, take me on an adventure, you know? Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and I found myself in like utterly depressed. So I had depression on and off all mm. my life. And that's where I found mountain biking was really helpful is that it gave me that space and place to cope. And then yeah. all those feel endorphins really helped with the brain biochemistry of the body and what it does for depression. Um, so I found myself like really depressed, really overweight, really in a super unhealthy relationship. Um, and Again, I reverted back to mountain biking. I went down to the mountain bike shop. I introduced myself to whoever was working there. And I was like, please help me. Like, I don't care if I have to build bikes. I don't care if I have to go work out in the bush for days. Like, I just can't stand my life right now. And I can't be at home. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have any other options. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, that person I talked to at the mountain bike shop, you know, he's now my best friend and he's also my husband's best friend and he's the reason. Oh, he so, you know, I'm really, my mantra at the moment is like, I trust the timing of my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, I went down to the bike shop and I was like, uh, just in a really bad state with my life. And I ended up making my best friend there. And he, my best friend's name is Russ. And he was at um, this stage where he was getting government grants and building mountain bike tracks through the Wombat State Forest. And I was just like, dude, I've been trail building since I was 10 years old. Please yeah. just give me 
so I'm going to like crack under the pressure here. Yeah. You know, so we would go out into the bush for hours, like just all day. He'd pick me up at eight, drop me off at five thirty. Um, and I just loved that one, I was working in the woods and two, I didn't really have to think about again, the pressures that were going on at home and like the uncomfortable reality that I was not living a really successful or happy or fulfilling life or anything. So, you know, again, it was just like maybe this form of escapism where you try to just kind of numb yourself with something until you figure it out. Sure. Uh, but for sure. me, that was working in the bush and building tracks. And, you know, we built like close to over 100 kilometers of track and wow. mountain bike is just amazing. You know, they really, they are really such an epic team of workers. And, you know, for me, it really like, I really enjoyed those t- team trail building days, but I also just really enjoyed working in the forest one-on-one. Mm. And just reading the, the landscape and reading the design and the flow of the place because you know when you're trail building you don't really want to be um yeah you don't really want to be taking away from nature you want to be enhancing it so sure. i actually just found that through mountain biking it was this really immersive experience that transformed me from the inside mm, out amazing internal transformation that it created for me and so you know, I look at where I am today and I'm living in a small community again and I look around and I see a lot of like really bored youth and, you know, I live in a heavily industrial agricultural area so there's lots of big machinery and trucks and farm farm stuff on the road. And so, you know, for me, like my, my whole mission in life at this point is fun, beauty and joy. Oh. And I create those things in my in my own life but also in my community and how can I give the fun beauty and joy back to my community and so for me I have this passion project that's going on right now uh, called Rainbow Trailblazers project and it's really a legacy project is what I call them is that we as a community come together and we look at developing areas around our community that can be turned into walking paths and cycling paths. Mm. Um, safe access for walking. Cause you know, there's a lot of people that just, you need to get out. You need to, even walking is a form of meditation. Mm. Coping, exercise. Mm. And so, you know, um, I've put together these plans, which we're submitting to council fairly soon. And it's to implement, you know, safer walking paths and cycling paths, because I realized that like over the whole COVID experience, you know, I watched a lot of really bored teenagers express some destructive behaviors. And from my own personal experience with mental health, it was really like, um, you know, destructive thoughts lead to destructive behaviors and destructive Mm. behaviors it's kind of just a downward spiral. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. me, my really, my passion is how do we mitigate these problems and how did I, how did I solve those problems in my own life? And so, you know, for me, the biggest one was just like physical exercise equals like a really altered state of mental health and mm. it's dramatically it's instantaneous. And so I'm kind of get, gathering the members of my community who are interested in, in biking and walking and we're coming together to hold a community consultation so everyone gets a little piece of you know uh their say in this project i would like to see a pump track or solar lights or whatever um 
coming together to co-create what we want in our community and work together hand in hand. And really, I guess the purpose behind this was that I wanted to give the members of my community the same immersive and internal transformation that I experienced. Mm. So, by coming together and creating these spaces and places for that energy to flow through you, um, you're kind of just creating the stage for that process to naturally happen. Mm. And, um, you know, it's just been so wonderful, all the support we've received from local local people. And we just got a grant approved from West Wimmera Health Services. Oh, congratulations. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so... Hopefully that'll just um, facilitate the community consultation. And a big part of this too is like, because I'm a permaculturist and, you know, I really believe in upcycling and re recycling and stuff, you know, it's like, we don't need to be trucking in expensive materials. Let's look at what's local, what's, mm. like, what's free, what's available. Um, so looking at those as forms of re resources and, and then transferring the skills that I learned through my 25 years of trail building um, to the youth and saying like, mm. like demystifying it for them and giving them skills and saying like, this is not hard to do and I'll show you how to do it. And then you guys take off running with it. Yeah. You know? so just really trying to kind of inspire some deeper change. I, I don't really buy into this reductionist thinking of mm. we have to reduce our impact, reduce our impact. Like, yes, reduce you know, your plastics and whatever is not working for you in your life. But I'm kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. And maybe that's what makes me so different is I'm like, I want to make the biggest impact in this world with my life while I can, you know, sure. um, you know, how can we make the biggest impact? How can we make the most inspiration? How can we keep this going on? Not just from one generation to the next, but like intergenerational, intergenerationally looking after the land. And, you know, I think a trailblazer by di di dictionary definition <clears throat> is somebody who blazes a trail through the unknown for mm. others to follow. Mm. You know? And um, I think we're going into some pretty unprecedented times of unknowingness. Yes. And so for me, this is my way of blazing the path forward, giving people in my community a safe and healthy way to cope with some of the external pressures that are being put on us and the volatile emotions that come up from us. Mm. So, mm. Um, you know, this has really been a passion project and I feel like all the pieces of my life are kind of starting to fit together now and show me, okay, this is why this happened and this is why you had that experience. And, you know, can you share all of this wisdom with the people around you so that they can better cope with yeah. what's going on? Yeah, Jill, there's some really great takeaways there about, um, you know, different ways of coping with mental health, you know, being yeah. physical and, and using our body's natural resources to make us feel more calm and happier and things like that. And also not being afraid of the unknown, but actually being a trailblazer into the unknown, which is such a great way because everyone, it, un, the unknown is so prevalent around us at the moment but in fact being comfortable with the unknown seeing it as a you know as a trail to be blazed is such a great way of coping even if we just 
even if we're not particularly doing like a project like yours, just to see each day as how we can trailblaze through this day, you know, with ease instead of fighting against the unknown, you know, because that is so painful and difficult. Um, oh, unfortunately, our time is up, which makes me so sad, but because I love that conversation. Oh, well, I love that sharing. I'm really... Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have to have more conversations. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, and, and a follow-up on, you know, the progress of those of that project and what's happening within your community. And, and I love what you're talking about, about showing the youth, getting the youth in touch with the land and, and not feeling it's beyond them to participate. And, and that, in, that inter, intergenerational thing will happen because that's how it works. You know, we pass on our life experiences. Anyway, I'm talking. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you. So blessed to um, have had this connection. So thank you for sharing your story on the Buffalo podcast, a place for everyone's stories. Such a great story. And so everyone out there in, in podcast land, I look forward to having you back and listening next time we're on. And, and please contact me and share your story because everybody's story is unique and important. And that's what we're all about is hearing and relishing in the stories of other people, which I think brings a smile and happiness in our lives. And that's what it is, right? Joy, happiness and contribution. So thank you, Jill. And thank you, everyone. Cheerio.